0: episode, I will be interviewing fashion photographer Rebecca Slaughter. Rebecca moved from Denver to Los Angeles last year right before the pandemic and found the positive momentum that had been culminating in her life all of a sudden come to a screeching halt. But her story of overcoming the odds doesn't start there. Her whole life, she has overcome the odds. She has wonderful things to tell us about how she personally stays in her alignment, stays in her purpose, and how she stays in her truth. She also reminded me that we have to appreciate the small victories, especially on the days where it feels like everything goes wrong. When things go wrong, we have to stay right. Follow her journey on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, and of course, RebeccaSlaughter.com. As always, thank you for watching and thank you for listening. having to deal with with obsessive compulsive disorder you know and, and trying to unpack from a young age like things about myself that you know i felt you know, i felt defective i felt like something was not normal you know and uh, you realize that we all have this experience this experience of like what is normal you know what, what how do, how do we define normal you know and it's mixed with all the vulnerabilities that we still, as much as as much as we've been able to progress as a society, man, we still are kind of uptight about these things. In fact, we're more self-conscious now more than ever, you know, yeah. you know, and and, and uh, that's why I meant it's, it's going to be, I really want to hear a lot from you because I, I feel like you have such a unique position. You know, a lot of people would assume being in the fashion in, industry and stuff. I mean, you're dealing with people that have like the most confidence. They're the gold standard that everyone's trying to obtain to. They have no problems. It's perfect. And everyone sees, you know, that what, what experience I've been able to talk to, 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 to some people. I mean, it's, I mean, you would be probably surprised to hear a lot of the struggles. And so even though it's not my world, I'm really interested in hearing about it and hearing about your story. And uh, I just wanted to kind of spill that out just so you're comfortable talking about things enough about me though, man. Uh, Dude, tell me about, about uh, your, your story and about how you ended up in California. And, uh, you know, I know I've caught some of your story, but for the people that are listening and watching, you know, uh, tell them who Rebecca Slaughter is.
1: Totally. I mean, it's definitely a mouthful and I'll make it as quick as possible to where it makes more sense. We can definitely get Mm -hmm. to the the deeper part of the conversation. Mm -hmm. I, started doing photography 10 years ago it definitely just fell in my lap in some capacity I feel like photography chose me and not the other way around I had an extremely traumatic upbringing my family you like I I always tell people I could write a book about like every single crime that's out there and every every immediate family member of mine has committed it or been involved in it in some capacity and I think that not only these dramatic, like, lifestyles of crime or mental illness, I grew up around that and just, like, really never felt, not that I didn't belong, I was very loved, but I definitely felt different, and I, I, the older I got, the more I I was seeking that out and tried to figure out who I was in the middle of all this chaos, because I'm not personally a chaotic person, Mm -hmm. and so in being surrounded by that so much, it pushed me to this other, like, to, to my own deep end, where, like, I care a lot about mental health and research, a lot of psychology, and even went to school. or was attempted to go to college to get a degree in it, but like I said, photography just kept choosing me over and over again, and I kept mm-hmm. choosing it back, mm-hmm. and so here we are 10 years later. I have done, I have shot everything under the sun. I have niched down to working with women. I love photographing women. I, I love shooting small businesses and lingerie and swimwear are probably my top tier favorite things to do. If I could get paid to just do that, I would. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely not there yet, but I moved to California. I moved to LA a year ago or a year and a half ago to pursue that more heavily, not only because there's more of a a market for it here for me, but also the checks are bigger no matter which way you Slice Mm -hmm. and dice it and Mm -hmm. compare it to Colorado market. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love Colorado. I honor it. I'm so grateful for it. It's full of amazing people and opportunities. And I go back there very frequently to still work with all of my old and some new clients. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sitting here today, just evolved as I've ever been and more excited about my business journey and mental health journey than I I have ever been before. Mm -hmm. 2020 was very difficult. On me as I'm as I know it was on everyone else in such a unique way and I think my big takeaway that I've been able to turn into a positive is getting more comfortable with publicly speaking about my mental health now in person like we were talking about earlier I I have no problem talking to a stranger about it um, or friends or whatever over dinner it's a very common conversation Mm-hmm. About my mental health or, or whoever I'm around, mm-hmm. and t- talking about it publicly, like on YouTube and Instagram and TikTok, is so new. Mm-hmm. But I I feel oh my gosh, just so called to sharing some of the things that go through my mind or sh- some of my experiences, mm-hmm. and combining that with being this like this beautiful woman that I am and as I'm aging and growing and also this photographer and business person that I am. So combining all those is, is really amazing. It's also difficult because I'm creating my own lane essentially, mm-hmm. which is exciting and full of pressure and mm-hmm. difficult all at once. Mm-hmm. And another thing I've, that's kind of really made it very clear in 2020 is to take care of myself first mm-hmm. so talking about mental health, like understanding this, like this, this, constant ebb and flow all these things that I have going on Mm. making sure that I'm I'm taking care of before anything else Mm -hmm. and and that looks like so many different things and then Mm -hmm. talking about that and then shooting and then not and then like coming back and like taking care of myself like I'm like Mm -hmm. I'm an introverted extrovert I say
2: yeah yeah
1: I'm so grateful for the last ten years there's so many stories to tell so many pictures to show it mm-hmm. and i'm I'm just now here to spread a message and just keep keep mm-hmm.
0: working that's awesome man do we we are we are kindred spirits as a heterosexual man you know I enjoy you know I enjoy what you do okay'm mm-hmm. not yeah. trying to be sound creepy but Let's just say, man, as someone who, who's very I'm very uh my whole life I've been very attentive to detail. Like so like when I do music, uh it's like heaven and hell because it's like I see all the little detail and it's just kind of just like I either immerse myself for 20 hours and don't sleep and I do, get whatever, or I'm just like, I I, I just can't, <laughs> you know. But um I noticed detail and lots of different things and your attention to detail, like the way that you shoot people, um, not shoot people, but you know, you know, you know no. I, you mean, know what I mean, yeah. Shooting
1: and shooting people is common terminology in my house and my family members. <laughs> well, it took a while to get past that. Like, wait, what did you just say? <laughs> but that's I honestly that just like
0: yeah, drop dr- drive by photo, ph- photography. It's what uh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I noticed with certain like because I've I've done some shooting with, with music and stuff, and yeah, it's weird like being with a photographer. I had to learn like at first you're, you got so much doubt, like, okay, do I look good? Do I, there's so much self-consciousness and that, and there's so much but of those
1: You're ultimately all of a sudden aware of how you look. Yes. Every, every way
0: on a heightened level. Yeah. yeah. And the, and the person you're with really like, there's such a an importance to developing that comfort where they breathe energy into things. And just, just from, just from my whole life of being able to see pictures of people and whatever, I noticed that the people that you shoot, they, they're very happy. Like there, 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 there is a, it's just not like an outer beauty that you bring out of them. You bring something inner. And that's what, you know, to me, like beauty is like a lamp. It's like, it can look very, very, it can look, you can, you can have the greatest looking lamp in the world, but if it doesn't turn on, if it's not the light. It's kind of like, it's not, it's, it's lacking its purpose. And, and for me, like,
1: Wow. I love that analogy. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you, man. That's it's, it really is something that I feel like you, you, bring that out of people. And that's like, that's very, very difficult to do. I mean, there are professional, yes, there, there are professional shots I've seen of people that like, I'm like, wow, this person does not look attractive at all. Like, like, more than
1: a really attractive person. And you're like, this is a really bad angle. Yeah. Yeah,
0: and maybe, that, yeah. Honestly,
1: it doesn't need to necessarily be like a really attractive person, mm-hmm. everyone. And when I say everyone, I mean it, Mm-hmm. everyone has beautiful angles yeah sometimes they're either shot wrong or they're afraid to shoot or they don't even know how to work their own phone <laughs> and that's fine yeah I don't know if knows, but let me tell you everybody has a good angle and like you get them with the right photographer and they'll see it yeah so it is, it is a total letdown when you mm-hmm. see someone and you're like wow she's really pretty or or he's this or whatever mm-hmm. even even like um someone that's not a model and you just look at them mm-hmm. and you're like "That's just a bad photo you know and you just mm-hmm. don't know
0: you're you're all obviously a very attractive person yourself so you have the experience of like okay this is this is what works for me and then okay. you interpret that you know man in, into how you you know and it just makes sense that like that you would that you would work with 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 models and stuff because i feel like well you've already kind of perfected it and and not only that you have this the inner quality i know we're we're we're, we're kind of sidetracked but i wanted to say that like it's kind of like a, an important detail that i feel like uh, it's just kind of a cool thing to notice, and I just thought it was kind of neat to bring up. Um,
1: I mean, honestly, it's that very thing that separates my work from anybody else.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Not everybody
1: knows what you just said, mm-hmm. but I know it, and I have to constantly remind myself of it, of those yeah. truths. And absolutely, I, I appreciate you seeing me for for what I am.
0: Yeah, dude. Well, what's what's amazing too is that I I really get from you. Like, it's hard to get like your identity and not, like, exaggerated or, like, overextend. Like, a lot of times people know who they are and they go too far with it. Like, this is who I am, Ugh. you know? And it's like, okay, man, like, if that's really who you are, just rest in that. And the yes. fact that... that when you say positive things about your about yourself, like I know this, it's, it's it's like it's very matter of fact, like it's very just like you know, yeah, yeah, it's, it's that's just the way it is, you know. As and a it's,
1: matter of fact, yeah, I am, <laughs> yes, no, and I, I do appreciate the compliments, you know, but it's just I I read something recently and it said something about when when someone compliments you, you should appreciate, you should obviously appreciate it, but yeah. like. It shouldn't go much farther than that just as much if someone said something negative about you honestly those two things should yeah. equally impact you yeah and i read that and i was like that's so odd like why mm-hmm. wouldn't you just take a compliment really seriously and like the negative you know kind of push it out to the the wayside but to be honest yeah. i've spent so much time alone over the last year mm-hmm. i i see that and i'm like wow and like to, to be honest somebody somebody really close to me gave me a, a really big compliment the other day and i was like i appreciate that but like mm-hmm. Now, the fact that I put in all this effort and work to like look in the mirror every morning, yeah. and look at my face in the mirror and look at my naked body in the mirror, whatever that looks like, yeah, and tell myself, I'm enough.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That compliment was appreciated, mm-hmm. but when you're already doing the work, it's just like, yeah, that, you know, but like, yeah, and it, it's difficult, mm-hmm. it's so difficult,
0: absolutely, man. And like, I know there's uh there was something that I realized because when you're doing music, you know, it's kind of a different, it's, it's a real different thing when you're, when you're trying to produce something that's inside you. And mm-hmm. it's like this slow, for lack of a better word, constipation, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that you're, 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 you're trying to grab it out and, and, you, and you're able to write a song and you're able to produce it. And, and so, you know, the song better than anyone. So right. why, like when someone gives you a compliment, like, when people started to give me compliments for certain things, man, I had a hard time. Like it felt weird. Like it didn't land like in the right area. Like I was like, ah, like, it was like, well, thanks man. You know, but I, but i began to realize is that it's like, you can't receive a compliment that you haven't already given yourself, you know?
1: Yes. And there was, there was a definitely a long period of my life where I, I gained a ton of success in my career, but I just wasn't doing the most work I could do on the inside. I was doing yeah. a lot, but like, I remember I felt the same way and it wouldn't land. And I would always, I'd always hear it. And I was like, Ooh, like, mm. ah, like I don't deserve this or something. And it wasn't like yeah. was self-hatred. It was just out of like, now that I'm not in that place in my life, I know exactly why, because yeah. just like you said, like I hadn't given myself or hadn't fully believed mm-hmm. what I had given myself or mm-hmm. I hadn't myself
0: yeah yeah people don't really understand like the dynamic between pride and humility there's this there's this passage in the old testament i think it's in uh i think exodus or something like that where it's you know know, it says you know and moses was the meekest man on the face of the earth moses actually wrote that like (laughs) so it's (laughs) like you know it's kind of like a it's it's a great example of like what real humility is it's like it's you know, it's, it's like, I am the greatest person right now. (laughs) You know, it's, it's, it's kind of funny, but it's, but, but to, to drive it home in a spiritual angle, you know, there really is quite like, it's not that you're, I mean, to, to accept the role that you have wherever you are and to affect the people around you, you you can't just surprise yourself, you know, with who you are. Like you, you, you do the groundwork, you kind of find the sense, this is the center of your energy that, that becomes kind of the central organizing principle of, of, or, or, you know, center of yourself and you give of that. And it's not like, Oh, where'd this come from? You know, it's, it's, there's a stability there. And, uh, you know, I know for me, like the longest time, it's like, I was so caught up in doubting that, that center. And for me, once you begin to, to really embrace that, that place where you realize that, the, the places of vulnerability and the doubt that you have that sense of defect kind of in yourself, once you realize that everybody has that, you then realize, wait, so this is how I can relate to people. If I actually can see them as someone that has the same sensibility or same vulnerability, same areas, I don't have to pretend that that I have something to offer. Like I, I'm just a, a mutual human being with, with, uh, you know, with someone that I can notice their individual struggles, you know, that come to terms with things. And, that alone, just to, just to be present with people, to be able to to engage them on a level that is um, just authentic, because you're you've rested in your own authenticity. I feel like that alone, if, if if everyone had that, I mean, the world would be such a better place, you know. And uh, I know the first part of my podcast of my telling my story is going to be centered around the sense of defect, because I feel like it's a very immediate place to start, because I. Yeah, like I said, I think everyone has some degree of like doubt. in Oh,
1: everyone has a lot of it, 100%. I think Mm -hmm. it's a gift to recognize it like you obviously have. Mm -hmm. And I think the ultimate gift is not only recognizing that, but stepping into your power of like who you you actually are. Yeah. And I think that what isn't so inspiring to other people when they look at me, Mm -hmm. whether they know me in real life or follow me on the internet, they're inspired by the fact that I embrace who I am. Yeah, It's not really much more complicated than that because everybody wishes they could. And it's really difficult and everything gets in the way. Our (laughs) brains are developed to tell us that we're doing something wrong. And I honestly, the bottom line is people are just inspired by me being genuinely myself.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Same here, man. Like, I feel like it's weird. You know, I'm a music teacher, you know, on the side and stuff. And like some of my best students that I've ever had are people that I was able to connect to on a very human level. And it wasn't that I was teaching them music per se. I was teaching teaching them like the, the thing behind the music. It's like the life behind the music. It's like how you do uh, you, 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 you you kind of bring the life behind the pictures, you know. That's it's like that that inner dynamic, that sort of awareness. You know, there was something that that I posted recently about uh, yeah, it's the the inner game behind the game of life is life itself you know okay. you know so it's kind of like sure. i like i like these little like pro- proverbial complex ways of saying something that, that everybody knows but it's hard to articulate uh, yes, i love it yeah yeah
1: they're eye-opening statements
0: mm-hmm.
1: well, but, you should make a tiktok do you have a tiktok
0: i dude i made like one tiktok video and i was just like okay man i'm I'm getting too old to do this, you know, uh, (laughs) but, 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 you know, I, you know, here's the deal at this point. Like I'm so confident I've been able to, it feels like, it feels like no matter almost who I'm able to really talk to, they enjoy some of the things that I have to say. And I feel like I should not deny myself any possible audience, you know? So I know. So yeah, man.
1: All to have an audience. Then why do you not go to one of the easiest places to get an audience?
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, man, absolutely.
1: He said so many things just now that I'm like, gosh, this would do so well on TikTok, and not <laughs> just in the capacity of like you would do good on TikTok. Like mm-hmm. people would really hear what you have to say.
0: Oh, thank you, man. Mm-hmm. Really, thank
1: you. Down to.
0: thank you so much, man. Really, that's that's kind of uh, you know one thing that I've really had to deal deal with, and this is part of my uh, the blessing and the curse when you have. When you deal with something with OCD, it works its way into your personality in positive ways and negative ways. But for me, like, I've never been that, like, growing up with almost any topic, especially like, um, I don't know, with anything, I always had like this, this little voice telling me like, okay, but there's something behind that. Like, what's, what's really behind Like, what's, you know, trying to dig deep into something until, and not letting go until I find it, you know, and You know, part of my part of myself is that I for the longest time just kept doubting myself and kept growing, though. And until one day I realized that, like, you never you never kill this doubt. It's always there. It's always available. And as long as you are aren't willing to, like, realize that you're just another human being. And it's to me, you're not you can only bring to the world the things that you only you can kind of bring the things that, that are unique to you when you stop setting up walls and you and you and you stop making excuses for separating yourself from people and yeah. you know and when you when you deal with existential doubt or shame and stuff you know and you and you feel defective it's something that isolates you you know and um being able to go through it with what, what i what i've gone through and understand myself and and really have to why like, that's the thing is that i it's weird when I, I discovered that with OCD, like in order to really overcome it, I had to like plug it into itself. You know, mm-hmm. I had to become obsessive and compulsive about, about- overcoming obsessive compulsive disorder. Right. You know? So it's, it's almost like when, when you realize that there's like, there's this weird, <laughs> you know, all of almost sudden you feel like a, like, like a lock, you feel something. Okay. Whoa. I feel stability there, you know? And, um, uh, yeah. The thing
1: is like, uh, to talk about like the things, like the doubt and all that stuff that we're all working through and like feeling defective.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's not like, I feel like for me, especially, I went to therapy one time or mm-hmm. one time, I've been going for like yeah. five years mm-hmm. and we had talked about something and I was like, cool. So like, we got through that. Can we like move on to another thing? And she was like, oh honey. She was like, e- each time that your life changes in significant ways, move, children, marriage, relationship, breakup, whatever, you're going to have to readdress this thing in a new way. So like healthy coping mechanisms. I just want to address that like, yeah, we got to figure out doubt. We got to figure out intrusive thoughts. We got to figure out all this shit. But that's for now. Because yeah. in five years from now, life's going to look different. And you're still going to, those <laughs> things don't disappear. Yeah. They stay around. You just learn how to manage them. Yeah, and yeah, that management is something that you can never stop doing. It's a muscle that you continually have to work on. Just like regular muscles in the gym and managing that those types of behaviors that interrupt our everyday lives which we all have yeah. is the rest of your life kind of thing
0: yeah i mean so let, let me ask, ask you this like i know in my own recovery in my own therapy you know when, when i you know i've i've gone to, to several people and when you know kind of like gathered stuff from each 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 thing you know or each each person i went to kind of helped me along the way uh i know especially the the Uh, There was a couple at my church that really, uh, really helped me get into like, you know, trauma recovery, understanding, you know, the addressing the, the, the things that you should have had or, or, and the things that you experienced. There's two kinds of of trauma, you know, whatever. And, uh, and it was really kind of, it was really great. But for me, whenever I began to go back into my life, my early years, um, it was weird. It was like, I think too often we have nostalgia over our entire childhood. And so we, we don't exactly want to look at some of the negative things. And when we are able to effectively address them, it, like your memory all of a sudden becomes like hyper active. Like I remember things now from like, it's like my whole life has become more high definition as far as like seeing things. And, uh, but it's been a process. I just want to I want to kind of like it's you know going back into my into my own early years, there's such like energy that I now feel plugged into. I feel like when we come into this world, we're kind of you know we're we're, we're much we're much less egocentric. you know it's like it's, I give this example how like, you know we we stumble and fall trying to walk, but we're praised because we're trying to be a person. we're trying to be we're trying and then we go to school and when we fail, it's held against us. <laughs> you know it's like complete opposite psychology of how we develop as a person you know it's so centered around something else uh, the metric is outside you know outside yourself rather than kind of channeling who you are and being and been being someone really embracing some of those some of that rich fabric of my own experience of life and and bringing it now into the the present um it's been a significant thing in my life it's something something that I really really want to explore in my in my art I mentioned to know about your your kind of formative years and some of the things that you feel are, uh, you've had to overcome. And if, and if you still, if you cut you kind of, you kind of have a similar experience or, or if not, you know?
1: Yeah. So funny listening to you. I feel like I actually have the opposite when you said you've gotten older and you were able to plug into like the joy of childhood and, yeah. and all these things. Um, or you remember you, you have nostalgia for childhood. That's yeah. what you I don't have that I when I look at my childhood it's all very dark Hmm. and I think that that's a picture that I painted as I was going to my teen years to help me get out of this like I guess at the beginning of the interview like this cycle of crime and mental illness and so when I look back it's actually not very pretty and that's Hmm. honestly like there's a lot of therapy that I would like to continue to go through because that's not the case. And so I have the opposite problem of you where
2: Mm -hmm. I
1: I have to look back and remember it wasn't all ugly by any means. And I was, I was really loved. I had a lot of fun. I became who I am today because of that.
0: Unconditional love, you know, like we, we, we come into the world and we, and we you know, we, we don't ask for existence, you know, <laughs> we we, we just, we come into this and it's just, well, life's just given to us and that fundamental carrying that sort of unconscious principle and, and, and working through things like um, I guess in order to, in, in my, my perceptions and stuff, like in order to really be joyful and to really be carry that light that, that, that we have, it goes back to a sort of unconditional love. And so when we come into this world, we have a certain light. And then we have, all, we have all this kind of negative stuff that we experience. And we have to sort of salvage whatever light that we have to be the person that we want to be in the world. What are some of the like earliest memories that you have?
1: Yeah, I think that, Some of those are really scary, you know, like a lot of my early memories are of my parents fighting Mm. and kind of like family members fighting with each other with strangers, not really knowing where I belonged, Mm. like physically, like where do I go Mm -hmm. and scared. Um, That's probably half of it. And then the other half of my early memories are being just like, just like knowing that feeling of being really loved. My grandma Mm. is who raised me and, I think she's who taught me unconditional love. She says that you bond when you're, when she says you bond with a baby when they're still a baby, like when they're still wrapped up and swaddled. And that's a bond. And I definitely know that we did that. And she was like, by no means was she like my best friend growing up. She was definitely a disciplinary. That woman taught me unconditional love. And and for that, I'm grateful because it's something that I always want to give to other people. So one of my favorite (laughs) memories of my grandma is. I don't know if it was snowing a lot in Colorado, but um, it may have, it definitely was in winter. And I think it was like, the school wasn't closed or anything, but it was snowy. And I remember waking up in the morning and I was like, come on, I really don't want to go to school today. And I had told her that like a million times before. And she would be like, it doesn't matter. You're Mm -hmm. going to school. And they, it must've been snowing actually, because they couldn't work. My grandparents couldn't work that day because their jobs were outside. And so she, I remember she looked at me and she was like, i don't want to take you to school and i was like okay so the rest of the day she we both i guess we played like hooky together and she said that and we like sat in my room and played atari like the little like Mm, yeah that you you toggle around (sighs) ate pizza in bed and just like watched movies all day and I just love that, like it was so about me in that moment. Like it wasn't about grandma; it was about like our relationship. And she knew in that moment, and I knew in that moment. No matter how I was in elementary, mm-hmm. I knew in that moment that that would last forever, and that she chose our relationship over any over the world that day.
0: Mm-hmm. Dude, that's, and that's
1: me unconditional.
0: Wow! Wow, <laughs> man, that's that's well, that's and that's, that's
1: really. to cry because it's so beautiful. I do.
0: I, I'm getting well. I I actually have a, a similar story. Like I know I, I like I really resonate with that. I'm a middle child, you know. I I have I have a, I have a younger brother who lives lives in Oregon. And uh my older brother who I I live with actually this is our place and uh yeah and and so but it's weird. My older brother was like you know, like the the, the, the star athlete, you know, that like yeah, he was. He was like. He was. I mean, he was one of the best like pitchers in Alabama. And my younger brother, dude, he was like a prodigy. Like at at two, my dad made him like little like golf clubs, and he was like hitting. He, he was like hitting just like straight shots and like the, the driving range. I mean, he could have wow. been a golf pro. Like he like he really like everything he touched. Like just just he could do everything, you know. And and, and you, for, and the
1: middle child, were just like. See, I mean,
0: like I had heart. Like it was weird. I me and my little brother it would be very competitive. Because I was older and stronger, and so I could compete with them, and uh, and but it was funny. Like my older brother would always be like, "Man, I, I have to side with, with with the younger brother." So no anyway, matter what we did, we played football. My brother would probably try a little harder for Brian, my my younger brother. And uh, anyways, it always felt like you know, like there's this middle child syndrome. That's sort of like because you're in the midst of the family, but you're not like the focal point. I, my theory is that it, it kind of drives you outward, yeah, you know, and in, in, inward, and so, like, uh, so, so for me, like, it, but I, it was, I was probably about 10 or 11, and one day, my, I remember my, my, uh, my dad came home, and, and just out of nowhere, was just like, you want to go, go to the arcade, you know, you, you want to, you know, whatever, and, and it was, my first instinct was like, well, let me get, let me get one, one, one of my brothers, you know, or, you know, whatever, and, and, and he was like, no, I just want to, just want to take you, you know? And, and like, and dude, I immediately got really nervous. And maybe it was just a time in my life. I don't know. But for some reason, it was just a time where like, I really needed that sort of attention. We do this whole arcade thing and, and we go to like one of the snack bars. He's like, you know, what do you want? And like, at this t- time, I'm kind of coming out of my skin a little bit. And so I'm, I point to one thing and he, he, he's like, okay. And he gets it. I point to something else before not like pointing to like everything, and so we, we we sit out in the car and just eat junk food, and it was just like, it was weird. It was uh, it was one of those things that whenever I was in my own recovery, and I was trying to, I was so like knotted up inside, and I had such, I would lost such essence of like, I guess, of un- unconditional love. Like that memory, like was was one that I revisited. So when you were speaking, like when you when you have that memory that that's so like it's a sharp point. Like there's something like really that, that that's being specifically communicated to you by, by a loved one. There's nothing in this world that um, a person can give to someone else. I think it's more significant, you know, and it's. than um, time. Yeah, absolutely. It's it, quality and, and quantity. I really know what, what you mean though, man, when someone is able to t- take the time out to really bond with you, it changes you man it, like you feel like you're if you can bond with this one person maybe I can bond with somebody else so before I know it you're you have this uh it's weird I used to notice when my mom would effortlessly talk to someone I'd be like do, do, do you know them right. you know like and, and and I'd be like you immediately it's like there's this familiar <laughs> like essence that you have with people and to cultivate that is a it's a real gift you know um i'm all over the place now but uh yeah I man it's with with the with, with i have add and ocd so it's just like this uh, a, multi, it's a
1: beautiful cocktail it's
0: it's a multiverse of like distraction you know it's just like you know uh you know being in such contrast i, I think it's actually a very um blessing in disguise to have to still have to have that within within also a dark environment, because there's such polarization, you know, what you there, there, there's almost like, OK, I don't want to be that, you know, even though there's the opportunity to succumb to that, the fact that that's made conscious, you know, that the dark side of life isn't hid from you, you know, um, I think I think honestly, probably growing up for me, I was probably a, I, I probably was a little bit different and that's why whenever i started experiencing a lot of things i kind of didn't, didn't know exactly uh how to handle it you know because i'm trying to be the perfect little christian kid and you're having like thoughts that you're just like oh my god i'm going to hell <laughs> you know it's it's uh you know it's especially when puberty hits you're just like mm-hmm. oh my god you know yeah. uh, you know and so it's i mean coming to terms with the human condition and that's that's kind of a uh that's been kind of my criticism, I think, of like uh, of American religions. It's not what you believe, it's how you believe. You know, it's, it's how you actually, uh, you know, the essence of who you are, I think, should hold the substance of what you actually believe. It's not just a theory of how you were ra- raised and, and, and having this sort of center. How did, when did you le- learn to begin to nourish this this part of you when you knew, okay, this is, even if you weren't going to be conscious of it, um, you probably began to feel like, this you know a center to yourself that had value and that was unconditionally loved but when did you begin to really um you know kind of face the or adopt the responsibility necessary to preserve it and to relocate and to take risk and to really value yourself the way you are now you know what what was the path from experiencing that addressing anxiety and things and feeling you know uh and having enough sense of purpose that you, that you knew, okay, I, I'm creative or something better than this.
1: I love that question because it's it's literally so broad, but like I've, I, about people, like I would totally get get mm-hmm. it and get how to answer it. Yeah. Um, this is kind of hard to like even articulate what that looks like, you know? I, I think that just like photography, mm-hmm. this idea of like me being that type of person that can hold space for people or love on people unconditionally, it really fell in my lap too because from what I can remember when I was, so yeah, life was kind of a little dark when I was growing up from what my awareness of it is. And the worst years for me were probably between 16 I'd say 15 and 20 were mm-hmm. treacherous and, mm-hmm. and not my fault. And it was just all these outside circumstances that were constantly weighing down on me. And I was always like, it was never like, why me? But it was more like, what the fuck?
2: Yeah.
1: I, I, that what the fuck attitude turned it into like, okay, well, I can do something about it versus yeah. why me attitude kind of just like put you in a corner to just ask questions. And I wasn't in the place to ask questions. I was only in the place to do things. So long story short, just to answer your question, mm. I was homeless. My parents abandoned me. And that's really what I'm referring to. Because mm. uh, that, at that moment, you know, your brain's not fully developed even at 17, 16. Yeah. yeah. And, to, to just look, I just looked around and I was like, well, I guess I'm doing it on my own. Like, what the fuck? It wasn't really, why would you leave me? It was just like, it literally doesn't make sense at all that you would leave. No. So I'm just gonna have to move forward accordingly because I'm a good person. I didn't ask any questions, I just moved. And then I got a little bit older and I started working um, with my ex. We had, I was his assistant and we ended up being partners in like marketing, coffee, whiskey bar, barbershop, mm-hmm. um, clothing brand photography you name it we did it all together and in in owning this coffee whiskey bar all this life started happening inside of it where you know obviously people were showing up for drinks and to work or to party or whatever it may be and I I noticed I took a notice to how people were looking at me and I was like wow I'm stepping into this role of leadership and it's so natural it's happening naturally and I really honor it just like I honored my photography when it made no sense, I was just like, wow, this is really getting, this is give, being given to me and this talent and how it's all just coming together. I'm just going to honor it. And just like I did my photography. And so I kind of just started honoring this leadership role. And so people, we'd have parties, events, we had events all the time. And it's the only way to really establish a, a, a storefront is to have an event. And we did tons, of coffee events, whiskey events it was amazing. Like the time of my life you name it, we did it. And I hosted it and I was there. Mm -hmm. And I just noticed that like, especially women were taking a liking to me, whether it was like, how did you learn to do your makeup? How Mm -hmm. did you learn to dress like that? Well, uh, How did you get to this point in your life? And I was always like, what the fuck? You know, like, I'm so young. Like, how are these women that are older than me asking me how to, and it just kept evolving. And then, and then I was shooting. So at that point in my life, I was already shooting models and modeling myself. I noticed that I was shooting every time I shot I was like gosh every girl I'm working with I could just literally be her best friend (laughs) and that's my personality type Mm -hmm. and every girl I shot with was like oh when you shot with so-and-so it looks so cool like she looks like an awesome person Mm -hmm. and I was was like yeah she is an awesome person so weird that you guys haven't met and then I would be hanging out with my girlfriends from school or college or whatever Mm -hmm. and they would be like how's that model actually and I'd always be like she's great. Like, what do you mean? And they were like, they were always so judgmental because again, this is the beginning of my career and they really didn't know what was going on. And then I would go to church. I went to church probably every Sunday for like four five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, my ex's dad was the pastor of the church as well. So mm-hmm. I was heavily involved in everything I was doing mm-hmm. and I would hang out with girls at church or his family that went to church with us. You know, it's, it's a very common thing to go get breakfast or lunch, or whatever, after church. Then I'd have my friends from church being like, What's it like shooting with these girls? And and so everybody was basically asking questions and also making assumptions at the same time. And mm-hmm. the simultaneously at the bar, I was you know I was getting put on this pedestal, and I was like, this is so fucking weird. Hmm. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna do. I'm gonna host a girls' night. Mm-hmm. And so what started as this this idea of just like putting people at a table together, talking yeah. about meaningful shit, mm-hmm. evolved into three to four years of me and publicly inviting people over to my house Mm -hmm. and I would cook for everybody until it got to like 30 people. It ended up being like 51 time. And I had to just like stop cooking. It was like, um, I had everybody bring food themselves, but that was kind of just to like make people comfortable and everybody kind of be like sitting in my room, my living room. They would just be like, And I'm like, awesome. Well, thank you guys for so much for coming. I know I didn't tell you what it was about because that's not what this is about. This is about something that's very courageous. And I honor each of one of you that are in here. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, the reason why I brought everybody in the room was, and I say this, we're not here to drink and talk shit about our boyfriends. We are here to dig deep and be available to each other and be there for each other in ways that the community thrives in. And, Mm -hmm. And in the Bible, it talks a lot about We're we're born into communities. We thrive in communities. Yeah. I think I think the idea of like being alone and an individual by yourself, I think that's all very isolating, and I don't think it's healthy. And the things, the change, and the beauty, and all these things that I've seen in front of my eyes because a group of people got together and decided to, is exponential, and it's exponential beyond what an individual can do. So all these reasons, I, I create this girls' night, and like I said, it just it went on for so long as I'm doing this, I'm, I'm more and more developing this role as a, as a leader in the community and as a thought leader and a mentor. And I'm also developing as an entrepreneur on the side. Everybody's like, why do you do this? And I'm like, what do you mean? Like it's set on my heart mm-hmm. to do this every month. And so I'm going to do it till it doesn't make sense. And, and that's exactly what I did. And so I don't do it now because I'm not in Colorado and I, I wish I could, but I think truly just embracing, taking the time to notice what's going on, embracing what your heart tells you or you feel called to embrace actually doing that and following through is is really how I ended up where I am because when you just follow when you follow the path that's like laid in front of you and not resist Mm -hmm. the things that hurt you because you will be hurt (laughs) things don't fall in your lap but they sure do fall into place
0: yeah absolutely hard to get into some of these details with some some people because, because I feel like it's you always want to be present to really kind of feel kind of with the psyche of that person, you know, and kind of feel like, okay. And, and follow. And it's like, from what, from what I really gather, like there's, there's been such growth that that you felt that you just assumed and that you just, you, 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 took responsibility, probably not even consciously. It was more or less you were, you, you have a certain vision or certain goal that that you went after. And the consequence of that is having confidence. It's like, I think too often people will try to aim for things directly. Like they Mm have to be confident. And it's kind of like a lot (laughs) of times, if you aim for something, being focused on that goal makes you confident. You know, it's like the fact that, that you're, Conscious of something else, you don't you don't go to confidence, you go through confidence. You know, it's it's Absolutely. there's a lot of things. Yeah, earlier, and, and it keeps,
1: th- that that what you just said is what keeps you humble no matter where yeah. you're at in your life. And yeah. that's exactly what I ran into where I was like constantly like, whoa, these people look up to me, these girls look up to me. Or if I was yeah. around teachers ever, I was like, gosh, mm-hmm. I you cannot take advantage of the role that you have in your life, and that's yeah. what keeps you humble. Is like. Any time someone would speak to me in some capacity or look up to me, mm-hmm. I was like, wow. And I, I didn't take carry weight of like, oh, being a leader is so complicated or hard. I was just like, you should honor the fact that that person looks up to you and don't take advantage of them and don't take advantage of your conversation mm-hmm. and open their heart the way you've learned to open yours. Mm-hmm. And community breeds community, like attracts, like energy pushes more energy. And that's, mm-hmm. that's just like how the world goes around.
0: Yeah, yeah. What's an instance or a time where – you've you've experienced doubt or you've felt defective and you were able to kind of be resilient and in the process you know have something to point to like okay man i'm stronger than i think you know uh you have any along the path it's been certain areas of resistance or 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 things that you look back on you're like that that really sucks but you know what look going forward whenever whenever i go and whenever i have a negative experience I don't, I don't go negative with it. You know, like when things go wrong too often, people go wrong too. You know, it's like when, 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 when it's like, when we, when things go wrong, that's especially the time that we have to stay right, you know, because if we go wrong, then, then everything just goes to hell. You know, like we are the, we are the the person that's that's supposed to salvage whatever happens, you know, in, in our life and assuming that responsibility you know, it's funny, when you look at the word responsibility, I think a lot of times we we, we think of the word, or we're like, oh, God, it just sounds so, like, adult. You know, it sounds so conservative or something, you know? And it's like, think about it. It's the ability to respond. That's all responsibility is, you know? And so, like, when something happens, being conscious of your ability to respond to the situation, that's responsibility, you know? Uh, having the over-analytical mind, I... Too often there's, so with, with people and with like just language, there's so much stuff that I, that I try to pull out and it's, I envy some, some people that don't have like a simple or that, yeah, that have more of a simple mind because they, they, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's, life's a little easier probably, but like, uh, I don't know, man, like I've had to just embrace what I have, you know, uh,
1: for gift. first of all, understand that it's your mm-hmm. gift, understand it's not going to change. Mm-hmm. You have to cope with it in ways that are conducive for you and your future, and that's beautiful. Honestly, I have I have a very overanalytical mind. I've yeah. been told by multiple therapists that I over intellectualize, and yeah. I'm too self aware. And so, I completely understand how you feel. Mm-hmm. What I'm working on this year is like this simple statement: things are only complicated things only get complicated if you ch- so choose to complicate them. It's yeah. only weird if you make it weird. Yeah. Complicated if you make it complicated. Yeah. So sometimes you know. Sometimes it's just not that deep, and that's really what I'm focusing on. Is like. Yeah. Sometimes it's not that deep because for absolutely. me, I could make everything deep. I could turn everything yes. into a fucking poem.
0: Yeah. I could yeah. But
1: one thing for an hour.
0: Absolutely. I absolutely, Dude, absolutely I mean, I mean, think of it like this: you take like I don't know, let's say like this lighter. Okay, I got candles here. It, it helps help, help, help my face look a little less Dracula. Oh, I love uh,
2: that. Yeah, well, I'm I'm I'm
0: working on like a setup here, man. Like it's kind of chaotic, but like, yeah, it's I had to put some lights up and stuff. So yeah, I don't like blood does not exist in my body. I have to get a little more. <laughs> anyway, so like, man, I can say, take take this lighter, okay? Let's say you 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 break it open, okay? Uh, there, there's, there's there's gas or whatever the hell it is, you know? You, you take, under a microscope, you see all these cells, okay? You cut the cell in half are you know and you see all this stuff in it you know you you, you to the point where there's, there's atoms and you 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 cut an atom and of course you are get to get, get a nuclear explosion but so much energy is it was within the atoms of everything yes i mean to think that like it's like infinity it's it's pretty much like it's almost like when you think about infinity like uh i know this is getting deep but the whole point of this is to is to actually be undeep okay so like so so if if there's real, if there's an like infinity like outward, well, then there's also like infinity inward, kind of. Okay. So it kind of counteracts itself. It's, it's to the point where it's just things just are. You yeah. know, you know, it's kind of like we'll talk about how God is infinite. And well, with something that's infinite is infinitely big and and infinitely small, the point where it's, it's largest, it's its largest is kind of irrelevant, you know. And our experience is like that, like all the only reason why I like to unpack things because there's interesting things to like make conscious, but like our, our natural exp- experience is very simple. we come in this world, we experience reality, like in, in, in high definition, it's like, a, it's like, a, you know, without our prejudices, we just experience things. There's a, there's a rich fabric to, to just being.
2: Yep.
0: And that's, that's essentially like what we're trying to, in some ways, I like to think that in overcoming our certain obstacles, we're we are getting back to restoring a sort of childhood um, high definition. But we are able to both uh, we're able to hold it with with the with the psychology of the adult, so we can both be the child and the adult, and we can be you know we can be silly, we can we, we can we can have fun, we can be joyful, and also be able to be serious. And that's why like. You know, the 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 seriousness of, of all these topics and these things, it all comes back down to just experience, it's just it's just, it's just being, you know, it's just like, dude, when I don't have anything to do, dude, I just like to sit and just be, you know, man, I mean writing, I I like to just write whatever, just explore like my my own my own reality. That's the favorite, that's my my favorite thing to do, you know. Like I uh, and I know it's like when I do that there's this energy that I have to, to, to do everything else it's like if I if I if I try to do everything outward to try to obtain some sort of value it just drains me but it's when I when I spiritually get things in tune all of a sudden it's like I want to do things I don't have to do them I I, I want to you know and uh where was I going with that I have no idea
1: Even if not
0: uh building off victories like what are some of the things that like you had are you know any, any moments that obstacles along the way that uh you know you don't have to get too deep but but again it's like I feel like when we share our experiences sometimes um even though there, there are we there's there's the the beginning and where, where, where we're at right now the in between you know there's there's things that make the story very interesting where yeah you didn't know where that you'd be where you're at now, and yet you you are where you are now. So, like, what are some victories that you've had along the way that um, that really were kind of challenging?
1: Yeah, 2020 was definitely challenging. We moved to LA in December of 2019,
2: mm. so oh, we wow.
1: had three and a half months before we were faced with probably one of the most traumatic things we faced in our lifetime. Yeah. And when I say we, I mean me, my boyfriend, and my roommate. We all came from Colorado together and i in march it was just like sheer panic like what mm-hmm. the f- the actual fuck and it, it was yeah. at first it was like what the fuck because it was just so weird and like we yeah. didn't really know like the reality of what 2020 was going to look like and i yeah. and I, I would say probably in june june through probably september of 2020 i just lost all grips of reality of who i was what i was doing where i was at because what I was saying to myself was why me and instead of what the fuck and so when I said why me to myself over and over again every single day like and and honestly I am not at all like bashing that it's asking yourself why me I had nothing to do every day I would wake up in this abyss of like can't go outside I'm getting migraines because I don't get in the sun enough walking my dogs five miles a day Boyfriends losing job, all family and friends, everybody's affected, the world, like I just didn't know anything. And then uh, my main question was, why on earth do I decide to move to L.A. of all the years I wanted to move here this time? Why did I move now? Like This doesn't make any sense to me. You know, I'm still trying to figure it out. So here we are months later and we moved into a smaller place save our money roommate ended up moving back home and we figured it out and um you know jobs are back in order and everything like that I had a friend visiting me um a couple months ago and we were talking real deep and he was just like what are you most afraid of in life and I was like myself and he Hmm. was like why do you ask that or why did you say that Mm -hmm. and I was like because I think it's a really scary thing to want to not be here because you don't know what the fuck is going on.
2: Yeah.
1: And it's, it's a lot less scary to just be taken out of life because it's no longer your time. To know that you're in control of that and then also like just have no clear idea what and who you are after nine years of doing it. I'm pretty scared of myself. Yeah. And he was like, for sure, I totally get it. And I was like, ever since that moment, I was like, all right, this is true. Like I am very afraid of myself how do I put myself in a position to where I'm not the victim to my own story yeah. and choose that over and over again, but instead choose being the victor yeah. and the, the hero of my own story. I slowly but surely fought like fucking hell to get out of bed and make it make sense. Yeah. And it didn't make sense sometimes. You know, sometimes it was like we were saying, it was like, sometimes it was really existential, existential and deep. Other times it was just like, actually as simple as getting up and trying to follow some sort of routine, some type of small win over a period of time. You do that over and over and over again. Eventually things will not fall in your lap, but they kind of fall in your lap. So choose yourself. And you so choose to be on the right path again, sitting here today on the same couch that I couldn't get off of for who knows weeks at a time. I mean, I would just like, I would just lose track of time yeah. and that's what happens when you're, uh, you, you know, like fighting illness, mental illness, is you just like spiral yeah. and you're, it's so dark because you're like, you're, it's just, there's no one else there with you. Yeah. And that isolation is ugly. Yeah. So being here today in the same spot that like nearly like killed me is so powerful because I've been through hell and back already. And that's nothing. Why I was like, why me? Like, I've already been through fucking hell. Why do I need any more of this? Like, clearly, God, we know I can handle it. Like, why yeah. do I need more? Mm-hmm. And why is not the question to ask? It's just, it's not really the question to ask because there's really never going to be an answer. Yeah. And so... Now I feel like I'm sitting in my power. I feel Mm. like I'm sitting here as like the strongest woman I've ever been, the best version of me I've ever been. All those things that I said uh, back in our call earlier, like none of them really will go away. I just learned how to cope better. Those intrusive thoughts, the depressive thoughts, anxious, anxiety attacks, panic attacks, all that I now have systems in place to not necessarily avoid, but to um, cope with, with, myself when I start spiraling which is inevitable it's, it's daily practices hopefully it doesn't happen on the daily sometimes it does and sometimes I do lose control still but I can hold space for her you know what we're grown up and sometimes we're going to feel some type of way about something we just need to get through it anyway I had just come from a chapter in my life where I was such a workhorse and valued my worth on work it was really hard to hold space for myself to be depressed and it's sometimes just really hard to hold space myself for myself just to be me yeah. So that was extremely difficult, and I have found so much power by stepping into myself mm-hmm. and figuring out who I am mm-hmm. past 2020. I, I want to say I don't recognize my, myself, but I, I don't even want to take that away from me because I yeah. do. I you knew know. it was there.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it sounds like you are such in a place of growth, yes. where it's you know I feel like when we when we talk about having an identity you know, when people talk about having an identity and stuff. They think of, some, of something static and they, and they think of like this ideal of, of, of who they want to be. And, and it's like they're constantly comparing themselves, to that, which, which is good to have ideals and stuff. But what I've come to learn about for myself is that your identity isn't like your identity is like evolving more of a, more of a transmission, you know the way a transmission works in a vehicle which i'm not a car guy i had to ask my brother how a transmission works the way a transmission works in a vehicle is according to what i understand is that in order to switch from different gears the uh, the, tra- the the vehicle has the, the transmission has, has has to be uh, suspended so like you go from a place of being a, in a certain gear and then you have to suspend you know the transmission to go to the other gear and i was just like that's amazing i was like i think our identity isn't a static it's it's like our our identity is a way of accessing the different gears it's the ability to uh, for us to stand outside the different modes of being and it's actually the thing that that can suspend itself from all the different maybe like minor versions of ourselves that maybe are, are maybe slightly egoic or you know of the ego or too often we you know can make that our identity and they're just they're they're merely you know, cl- kind of like articles of clothing or like a mode that we, we get in, you know, if, I, if I'm teaching, I get into the teacher mode. It's you, know, it's, you know, but it's still driven by that ability to suspend myself from what I'm doing. You know, uh, I have no idea where I was going with that. I just thought it was kind of an interesting. Idea.
1: Oh, I love that. I love speaking. I love when people speak in analogies because mm-hmm. It's so helpful for me because it stays stays in my head. Or if I ever like hear the word or see a car or see a car transition, I'll think back to that. So Mm -hmm. I think that's really great. And I think honestly, if you do make TikToks, Mm -hmm. that's definitely a a really great way to communicate with people. Your message because Mm -hmm. analogies are super unique to you and Mm -hmm. they're biblical, but not everybody needs to know that. But I think it's a really beautiful way of communicating. Yeah. You don't need thank to go anywhere. I think that it's, it's, mm-hmm. I love listening to you respond because it's, it's your way of processing everything that I just said. Yeah. And what you're telling me is like, I held space for me to be different versions of myself to mm-hmm. ultimately mm-hmm. get back to this like main thing that I've always been. It's mm-hmm. just like, we're always evolving that there has to be room for that. And if there's not, you're going to feel stuck.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, you're talking about with, with photography, I kind of fell in your lap. And I know for me, like, it's very it's very interesting because I think this sort of thing, like communicating and getting into all these topics, like, this is where I feel like the most alive as a person. Like, I feel like, I feel like this is what I want to do for you know, as a living. Like, this this is because I feel like I've done so much work on myself, and I'm, I also realize that there's so much work left to do in ways of understanding people and ways. You know, I feel like. I can foster a positive influence, you know. And it's weird though because I, you know, I always wanted.
1: You're right. Everything you just said is not a feeling. It's a it's a knowing. Please (laughs) embrace that you know that.
0: Thank you. Absolutely, absolutely, man. And it's it's a. uh...
1: I'm so excited to be here because I really hope that you really do keep pursuing this because it is. (sighs) You have a gift and you have so you have multiple gifts and it, you've learned how to combine them in a way that ultimately you can also monetize, yeah. which is to me the definition of happiness. Like monetize yeah. the very gifts that you have in a way that yeah. are meaningful.
0: You know, James Taylor once says said that like he is himself for a living. And I thought I thought that's a beautiful way. That's that's the that's the dream right there, is that to be yourself for a living, to where there isn't, you're just sure. not different kind of modes of yourself it's all integrated into like you know and uh yeah.
1: and understanding that that self is multidimensional.
0: absolutely absolutely yeah absolutely man and, and you're always growing with that and a lot of times i think we think of growth as something that is kind of a burden you know we kind of think of like a god you know i gotta like when it, was, when, it when is it gonna end when can i just like rest yeah. and the thing is that like growth isn't something that you have to do something that you get to do you know man like it's 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 an exploration of this of this crazy thing called reality you know it's a thing that it expands its universe is in constant expansion you know Mm -hmm. i feel like us as human beings we should kind of in kind of simultaneously with the universe be expanding ourselves now of course we have to like also contract you know and rest but but i think the the nature of life itself is expansive, you know. And uh, our growth, you know, growth. I think if it's coming from a place of trauma, it doesn't feel like it. It feels like it's a burden. It drains you. But when it's coming from a place of real purpose and meaning, and from a place of knowing, like, like like you're saying, it's it's like a there's such richness to life. You're like I, I don't want to stop growing. You know, it's like when I go and I I I, I mean I love right. Like there's things and there's books I'm, I'm working on and things that, man, when I get into some of these ideas that I have, it's like, I, it's like, I go into myself and I'm exploring this like wilderness and there's these things that are just so, uh, it's like, I, li- I, I go there for a few hours and, and, and I, by, when I come out of it, I have like a section of, of writing that I'm, I'm trying to, you know, while, while I'm going there, I'm navigating this place. And it's like I. I look at the world differently. And, and it's like a uh there's such a joy to going to this place and like I'm just not, I'm just not exploring myself in a comfortable way. I'm exploring things that are kind of uncomfortable, saying, okay, no, let's let's go, let's go behind that. Like, what what do I really mean by this? Do I really believe this? You know, and um and, you know, and that's that's something that I feel like I've I've had to uh, a person who's really helped me with that is uh, is Carl Jung, the psychologist. I'm a huge Carl Jung fan. Like he, he's a uh, I have such a such a such a similarity when I read his uh, his autobiography. It really resonated with me because I feel like in the modern era we have we have our understanding of spirituality is very lacking. And, and, uh, you know, I, I come from, uh, you know, I come from, 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 you know, I'm in in Alabama. I'm I'm in a place where I have a lot of positive uh, memories, but also have, I think a lot of, like I said, you know, cultural religion can be something that's just, it's very superficial, you know, and, uh, also feeling the change in in the culture, you know, and being kind of like caught in the middle of it all Mm -hmm. and, and, for me, like when I explore a lot of these things, I try not to be reactionary. I try to say, okay, there's obviously something that a group of people are, are, are you know, there's there's an idea that I might, I may be tempted to exaggerate and be oversimplistic, but, oh, I'm going to intentionally choose to be uncomfortable and I'm going to actually pursue, I'm going to try to defend this idea, even though I don't, maybe, maybe don't believe it. I'm going to try to make a good case for it because I trust my ability that my reality isn't going to fall apart. if I try to think differently, you know, it's like, I'm not so so tied to my ideas to where I challenge myself. I just, you know, it's, you know, it's to me, to me growing is being able to say, okay, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm going to think about this. Now there's some things that obviously, uh, obviously I think are destructive ways of thinking or whatever, you know, like, but to me, there is a sort of synthesis of, healthy psychology and good ideas and yeah,
1: having resistance towards new ideas or new ways of thinking. Yeah. Should volumes on the fact that you should probably reconsider the way you were originally thinking.
0: Absolutely. I think that's kind of been the problem with a lot of, um, you know, American spirituality and American religion is that there's been such this, it's more of a of, of a grip on something that's that, that is freely given to you. And so like the more you, that, that you, that you, Rest in, rest in grace and rest in unconditional love. You know the the real spirit of what you know the Bible teaches us and shows us. And really, it's funny how how people will be so tied to certain beliefs, and yet totally aren't connected to the to like the real like spirit that that drives those things. It's like it's 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 more theory than theology. In my own life, the reason why I've been able to actually go through what I've gone through and be very open to people is because, you know, I stand before God and I realize that he doesn't judge me. And so if if he doesn't judge me, I shouldn't judge other people. And at any any time that like I do judge someone, God's like, dude, what are you doing, man? You know, it's kind of like, you know, it's like the real, when you really grab a hold of the real thing that, that the real central essence of like the new Testament and stuff is that it's something that is a, it's a, it's an eternal message that, Applies itself to what what I like to call moral discovery. It's ways of looking at the world and and principles and, and formulating kind of new ideas that still at at the bottom of it kind of promotes this, this spiritual wholeness. I've had some spiritual experiences and stuff. And I, you know, I kind of want to like ease into that with the podcast, because I don't want this to be like a purely religious podcast, but I want to be able to talk about spirituality in a real practical way, because uh you know i really feel like genuine spiritual experience is something that really like defines a person you know and there's there is genuine spiritual there's then there's fake phony spirituality fake phony morality and no one really buys in fact i mean i've i've done that and and it it was like the most tormenting times of my life was like trying to be good i don't know where i was going with that but anyway anything that contributed any any of that what i said
1: I just concur
0: amen man Pre- preaching the word yeah <laughs> no um
1: well i do think it's possible to have your podcast go both directions i think yeah. keeping it advertised and starting off with the the defectiveness thing that you were,
2: yeah i think that's
1: such a powerful word that's not used often so i think yeah. that's it's your money maker yeah I think, I think that you slip not slide in but you do slip in talk about like god and religion yeah very well and mm-hmm. to where if, if you were speaking to someone say i would just was like completely atheist to where yeah. it wouldn't i don't think make someone uncomfortable because you're not aggressive about it and you're yeah very, you're very matter of fact about it and i think yeah. that as long as you keep that in mind uh um, yeah, yeah you'll be totally fine it's one of those things again like it's not something that you need to add it's just something that's already there
0: yeah absolutely and thanks for saying that man because i in my, it's funny because I've had to deal with mental illness. I've had a deal with like, it's like, I can recognize it. It's kind of, it's, it's like, it's kind of a blessing and a curse because like you, when you're familiar with, when, when someone's dealing with like a neurotic, I don't know, something you, you notice it. I I've noticed p- spiritual people when there is something like mentally not right within their belief system. And I notice when people maybe are, They may not consider themselves to be as religious, but it's like there's there's a mental wholeness there and knowing the difference. Like I have a very like when I when I get into my story, like that's the add some tension to everything, because for me, like I've had some experiences that um, that have really kind of like they're very sobering because I think when you're given kind of a mystery and you're given something like there's stuff that I, it's almost like it gives you like this, what, what I have to call positive tension. You know, it's like in a movie where, where like, you're kind of like, Oh man, what's going to happen? You know? And you get really get kind of drawn in. Well, it's like, there's this degree of, I've had enough genuine spiritual experience that I know there's something there. And I know what, no, that even if someone that, uh, doesn't believe and doesn't have the same thing i feel like i feel like god would rather have someone who's, who's an authentic atheist who's who's seeking answers who's genuine than someone who's a fake phony religious person to me it's like in fact i like to think of sometimes people are trying to like clear there's so much crap that we have like in our heads just that we inherit in our culture that like atheism is a way of saying it's just clearing the table off and say okay i just gotta start fresh
2: okay. and i feel like sometimes
0: i feel like sometimes people are closer to god when they become an atheist, then they, they were trying to follow some r- phony religious, you know, structure. Uh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. When you were talking about being yourself, learning to be yourself, like the uh, what's really interesting about my, about my story is that, you know, I went, so I went to school for music. I'm, I'm a music major, you know, for classical guitar, but I always, I always felt that you know, I wanted to create that, that I wanted to be an a recording artist. And so when I, when I graduated, I really put my efforts into that. I pretty much poured all of my money in, in, into recording an album and, uh, it was a dream come true, but it was like in the process of doing that, it's like, I learned so much about myself that now, like, yeah, that was the direction I thought I was going in. And then now it's like being able to like explore all the intimacies of what do I have to say and releasing a message in a certain musical form. It brought so it was so much discovery that mm-hmm. I realized, well, I I can just make videos and write books. And I don't have to spend 40 grand on it. Dude, I spent probably close to 30 to 40 grand on, on making my, yeah, like I went to a professional studio all about for like four years. It's and dude, I mean, I may I'm, I have a really really good product, you know, and I was really proud of it. But it was in the process of doing that, I realized that now there's this whole path. Now it's like a it's like a Karate Kid. who is teaching them wax on, wax off. He doesn't know what the hell he's doing, and then realizes, oh, he taught me karate. It's it's like the process of doing something. All of a sudden, I realize I have this way of opening to people that because I've explored this within myself, I can like meet people. And I can explore their reality, you know, and it's, uh, it's a real, it's a real, real gift. And I feel like you have that in your own way too. And uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, man. Had, is that kind of how you feel too? You, you you were kind of going in one direction and you're kind of ironing yourself out. And then in the process, you have now abundance of what you can give other people because you, you've done work in yourself.
1: Yeah, that's exactly how I feel. And that's just going back to like holding space for yourself and figuring out what that looks like, embracing it and also doing the work and stepping into it. Yeah. And I'm so, I have so many different like things going on at once now all the time. And it's, ultimately due to the fact that I've embraced each of those things along the way, no matter the doubt that I have about them. Being a fashion photographer, Mm -hmm. being a YouTuber, Mm -hmm. doing TikTok, doing in-person stuff, online stuff, you know, it's a constant daily thing. And the reason I've got here, and I'm I'm so grateful right now because I feel like I've, I've finally figured it out, is just because I held space along the way.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, getting, in. okay. Get so being again, in the fashion industry, you know, and kind of like, we were kind of getting into that of bringing yourself to that. Uh, tell us a little, little more about like your, so, some of the things that would surprise people about working with, with, with models and working with people in the industry. You know, like I said earlier, like, I think a lot of people hold celebrities and hold, uh, You know people that 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 have such uh outward beauty i think we tend to project onto them you know uh, you know a a lot of a lot of things that aren't really there yeah yeah you know
1: that's so easy to answer i i then one thing i've learned i think you've already learned this along the way is we all have so much more in common than we think first of all just everybody
2: yeah yeah
1: and and Second of all, like, again, if you can have genuine conversations like this with anybody, you can have genuine conversations like with this, with celebrities and top models that I've yeah. worked with. So I do I treat everybody the same. I mean, like you were saying, like, obviously got nervous and things like that. But as long as you just check in and you're like, all right, why am I prepared for this? Well, because I'm me. Yeah. That's enough. And so when you're in rooms like that, I think everybody just be surprised to hear that every single person is insecure about something no matter how hot you think they are. And um, everybody has a a crazy story that they've lived. Mm -hmm. And if you understand that holds space for everyone and treat them, take them off the pedestal because although they're excited to be there and some of them probably eat it up, most of them are just like, hey, I'm just doing what I love and and I hit the jackpot. It's nothing more complicated than that, but- I think too, to add like anytime anyone is inspired by another person or thing or place or whatever it may be, it's because they see themselves within that person. And so if you're inspired by a model or a celebrity, take mm-hmm. it with a grain of salt and know that you see something within them that in, is inspired by who you really are in your nature. It mm. doesn't mean you are them or that you're just like them by any means, but And if you can't put your finger on it, maybe it's just being in the public eye and there's nothing wrong with being being inspired by being in the public eye. Maybe, you know, you do have a message to share. And when Mm -hmm. you see someone in doing that and you're inspired by that, that's a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. Maybe it is makeup or maybe it's all this visual stuff. Or maybe it's simply just because someone's living their dream and you're jealous and you wish you could. And that's jealousy and inspiration are very near. To each other and you just have to draw the line and figure out which one is which and when you're jealous turn it into inspiration because ultimately it's just a beauty mm. of where you're at in your story
0: it's, it's weird I've had to address jealous jealousy and envy in ways that like, I'm sure that's a huge part of man of, of the entertainment industry I mean, every, everyone wants the attention everyone and, and you know like there's times that yeah it's actually hilarious because the way that i've gotten into reaching out to people like yourself and stuff is that you know i was upset with how people just didn't care about what i was doing i i I expected people to automatically like this is this is kind of like you know i spent all this money making an album and i just thought okay it's done success cometh you know and and, and it just wasn't happening and like then it hit me it's like you know what what if everyone else, every other musician is also in their own way, doing what I'm doing. And, and they are. All, and also they're feeling the same thing. Why aren't people recognizing me? And so I realized, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start writing messages to people that are the things that I need to hear. So, because I know if I need to hear it, other people need to, need to hear it too. And man, I just spent time just reaching out to people, just saying, you know, you know, dude, like, uh, you know, and really trying to do a message where I don't, I do not ask that for a follow, you know, it's not like, Hey, you're doing great. Like my page, you know, I'll like you back. And it's kind of like, dude, I mean, that's, it's like, okay. It's, it's Very a lot. Yeah. You know? And so like, I felt like, I felt like, and I'm not even like, even though I had like a, the same cut and paste thing, I made sure I, I wrote their name, you know, I'd replaced it. I did. I'd say that everyone's
1: intentionality like, there.
0: Yeah. 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 And, And man, there was, there was a few times, man, where people responded back and they're like, oh my God, I just, I so needed to hear Like one, one shit, she did like black metal or something. And, uh, and like, she really loved it, but but she was getting like hate mail and stuff. And I don't know, I just was encouraging her to just, you know, man, like there's only one you that, 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 that exists. No one can really do what you do, you know, exactly the same way. Like, like embrace that, you know, and and uh you know and just kind of encouraging people to don't just don't chase some ideal of what you think you should be but i was just encouraging to, to, to be who they are and to and to pour out their originality and uh anyway man it got me kind of communicating with people you know like and that led to i was like well you know there's probably other people that that do uh other other things and so like i you know i experimented with 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 connecting with, with, with some other people and stuff and man it was just cool because i realized that i realized that man like we we assume so many things about other people and re- we realize that there's so much we have similar than we have d- you know different you know and like and i feel like today some our differences are being so much polarized against each other and mm-hmm. having this awareness that like we there is a common human experience the only way that we can really promote healthy psychologies is, is promoting there is a, there is a we're all connected in some way and we have to we have to make sure that we are um you know influencing each other in, in, in for the better and and really challenging yeah. ourselves to be to dig deeper into who we are as people and you know it takes a village it also takes like an what, what you know the, so the the you know individuality there's like two dimensions there, there's our individuality but then we also need the other the the collective we need we need like the you know d- to belong and we need to have that uh and i think we sometimes we get too we can get too one dimensional we can either one we're all about you know denying our our own individuality and you know and malnourishing ourselves inwardly or you know or about being isolated you know and i mean uh and for me i mean, i've spent more time trying to like get myself together that now i'm just bursting you know, at the seams and I have to like reel myself in. And uh, yeah. you know. I think
1: thing to add to that too, is like understanding as a creator, like you are, and I am mm-hmm. as a creator, in the times that we're living in, sometimes it does feel kind of nasty to create and self publish and like constantly mm-hmm. uh, just put yourself out there and like mm-hmm. also be the main character of the things that you're putting out and understand that there has to be a level of compromise for your own spirituality to to ultimately make a message, right? Like saying, yeah. like I'm too old for TikTok, or mm-hmm. I am not good looking enough for this, or I'm not qualified for that. Well, you need to make some type of compromise because it's not about you.
0: Yeah, that's good stuff. It's, that's really good stuff. You're awesome to talk to, man. I, I, we, we definitely need to do this again because, like, we're uh, we make a good team. I think, man. It's actually, a, I actually, I it's it's fun when you're able to talk to people and you are able to spur off into different tangents. And I think it's entertaining. I think we're bringing like a real humanity to the conversation. And and that's ultimately, I think what we're trying to do again in our individual art and our individual lives is that we're trying to explore our own humanity so we know how to engage with humanity itself. You know, what are some of the like biggest inspirations in your life?
1: I I try my hardest to not really like idolize people. Yeah. It's scary. And also I think that I have actually met some people that I idolize and it, it takes a lot of that like mm. mystery away. The last question, you know, understanding that we're all kind of have so much in common. So it's really difficult for me to point out certain people. I think I'm just so inspired by how I feel. Yeah. About what I'm doing. Yeah. And I constantly check back in with that all the time. Like how does your heart feel about this morally? How are we feeling physically? Yeah. How are we feeling? Like I'm constantly checking that I just have such a spark about what I do and like, what gets me out of bed in the morning especially because I've worked for myself like I've had my own schedule in that discipline is that check-in of like all right what can we do today how do we best manage this day this schedule or mm-hmm. right, it's a rough day like how do we hold space for that and also still get things done or maybe not get things done yeah. so I'm really inspired by my own energy towards the things that I feel called to do over and over and over again and I, I also think I'm really inspired by how people respond to it and yeah in person. I've seen so much like change made because I said something or I've had multiple times people come up to me years later. Um, I was in Colorado two months ago shooting one of my good friends and and I've known him for five years or first most of our relationship was just like partying, running into each other. Mm -hmm. He was a bartender. And before I moved, I made a list of people that I wanted to have dinner, drinks, lunch, whatever with before I left. Like like this guy, him and I had never had like a meaningful conversation, which you obviously know drove me crazy. But our <laughs> energies always matched, and so we went and had um, drinks and food right before I moved, and had this deep conversation. And I was like, "What the fuck are you doing? Like, you are meant for so much more. Mm-hmm. Stop with the drugs. Stop with the alcohol. Like, why are you working with these people? Because mm-hmm. he's also an entrepreneur, and it was just kind of like checking him because he was wrecking himself, and I could see in his eyes that he was just like." damn she's right like i really needed to hear this so anyways i was just like honestly take it for what it is no regardless i still just love spending time with you and so it's just a fun time yeah fast forward two years he finally hires me to shoot him we're doing headshots because he is launching his own cbd company and just crushing it and we're at dinner after the shoot which is like I, i'm friends with everybody i work with mm-hmm. we go to dinner together with some mutual friends and he was like rebecca you changed my life mm-hmm. and i was like what and he was like i i What you said to me about what the type of energy I put out and like, is the same type of energy I will receive back. He was like, I've never been the same since that conversation. It was one of the most pivotal moments of my life. Um, But I was like, you were in a space to hear me. So don't give me all the credit. But so there's, there's been a lot of that along, along my journey where someone's like, Hey, you did this and it changed my perspective or, Hey, you did this. And this is the ultimate effect it had that's really really inspiring to me to keep going. Just recalling that story right now I'm like yes.
0: Like- yeah. I've had a few similar moments with that and and I know I know what you mean because it feels like the soil is is right to to what, what you say is is it's what they needed but their hearts open to it. So it's like it's not not, not that it's not that you know you can take all the credit or I can take all the, whatever there's just there's we're we're, we're just being ourselves. Right. And that person is, is just happens to be in that situation where it's like, I mean, I really think those are like synchronicities that we have in our life that, that really indicate that we're on the right track. You know, that like, are those, those are like, those are things that ultimately, like when you look back upon, that's what makes your life so uh, meaningful is, is that you're able to connect and, and give of yourself. And you never know when that's going to happen. You never, and it's, Trying to be present around people to to note to to notice like when there's an opportunity and sometimes sometimes you start and you realize oh this isn't one of those this isn't one of those times for me to to philosophize and and to give give what I have you know but there and
1: and you have to look for like the small wins along the way of you doing what you're supposed to be doing for you it's like interviewing people and maybe you get this one interview that like was a game changer and you're like that's a small win yeah you hit a certain amount of subscribers or. I get a comment like that. And it's just like, you need to take those small wins for what they are. And every friend in my life will tell you
2: mm-hmm.
1: on my dying grave, no one celebrated Rebecca slaughter more than Rebecca slaughter. Mm-hmm. And I'll be damned if that's ever different. No one should be celebrating me more than me. Absolutely. And when I get small wins, it's my job to announce them and it's my job to appreciate them. Like I will literally be at the most random dinner or lunch and order a round of alcohol. Mm-hmm. And just like, cause that's like a good and easy way to celebrate with friends.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And they're like, what is this for? And I'm like, I booked a gig in New York today. <laughs> Fucking cool. Yeah. Like, they'd be like, cool, right on. You know, but had I not done that, they'd just yeah. been like, cool. She, of course, she got a gig in New York. It's her. But yeah. like, I don't think like that. Yeah. So you you Dude. have to really recognize the small wins and it's on you to celebrate Absol- and invite other people to celebrate you Dude, in
0: the way. Dude, absolutely. That, that's that's so good because you know, if if you're waiting to, to celebrate the big things, you gotta have momentum before in order to accomplish the big things sometimes man it's 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 effort for me to just say you know i'm gonna go exercise and dude i don't feel like it at all in fact you know it's like it's like and yet i push through that and i do it or you know let's say i just walk or go for a jog just something and -hmm. you know part of me is like "Ah, i didn't do enough and that's that's a problem with 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 OCD and whatever, so there's always there's that feeling that you've never done enough. Like I could be almost passed out at the gym, and it's like, okay, you know, I took myself to my limit. It's it's like, well, I can't do that every day. It's probably not healthy to put put myself.
1: Here's a term for you, especially a Christian term: Mm -hmm. radical self acceptance towards what you're choosing to do. Mm -hmm. So when you decide you are finished working out, Mm -hmm. you need to have radical self-acceptance towards that thing which radical implies grace like this ridiculous like it's okay yeah because honestly i go through that and i i went through that i feel like in 2020 a lot too it's just mm. like how do i how do i like radically accept the fact that like i can't work right now i can't it's like feels impossible to accept something like that but yeah. when you yeah. do it when you do it so radically it's it's almost easier to like wrap wrap your head around it
0: there was that book i think i'm not sure you may have posted about it, i'm not sure but there's a book something about like, it was like, love yourself as if your life depended on it. And there's like, I think he's got like, a gun to his head, you know? Oh, it's,
1: That sounds really interesting. Though. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like just the idea of it. Like I think some of the reviews were kind of mixed on it, but like, I, well, I think I downloaded the Kindle and it was really good. And, and because I understand, I understood the, the concept. It's kind of like, you have to be that extreme about it because it, it's, and it's, it's almost like loving yourself to the point where it's uncomfortable because I think if you love yourself, and it's and it's and it's, it's, there's areas where we don't accept ourselves. This the sticking points that come up and they and they catch us by surprise. And I feel like someone who really knows themselves and like when things go wrong, they don't go wrong. That they stay in the moment. It's like there's this pathway of order that they they've already like been comfortable with. When things happen, they know what to do. And it's almost like jazz. It's almost like when things go wrong, they can, they know how to take it and just roll with it. You know, when there's a wrong note, you just, you, just, you know, it's like, it's, it's like, it's like life's like jazz, you know, there's like you, you, when things happen, you're it you're on with it. You know, you, you, you
1: read Blue Like jazz.
0: Yes, I have. Great book.
1: Um, I, Like you said in the beginning, you said when everything goes wrong, you cannot, you have to go right. And yeah. that's kind of what you're saying. And I think um to wrap this all up, yeah. Like, unconditional love we talked about in the beginning
2: mm-hmm. can
1: you unconditionally love yourself and mm-hmm. that's really what's it about yeah what it's about because if you can unconditionally love your i can't even say the word if you can unconditionally love yourself and you can accept so many things about yourself other people will too and that will make your whole life less miserable yes. and the thing is, like, sometimes we think and we, we expect other people to love on us or accept things about us that we can't yeah. love or accept ourselves. And that is so ass backwards.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, man. And it's, you know, and I think I, I think a proper relationship between two people, too, like when we get we, 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 we bring because we bring all this to our relationships, our expectations. And if, and if we're trying to find that sort of fulfillment in somebody else, I think too often relationships happen to where there is that there's there's that mutual kind of codependence or whatever and and, and it's kind of like they both need they both need each other and it's like you know i mean i'm still trying to grow in this because I, i'm still like having really explored myself i'm still getting used to like
2: mm-hmm.
0: having like knowing what what's the proper relationship between between two, two people how do you avoid the- are you in
1: a relationship
0: no not right now
1: you can only do so much relationship practice while you're not in one Like, it just doesn't matter. Like, you can do as much work as you want, but until you're with someone, yeah, yeah. you have to deal with the things as they come up.
0: Yeah, that's very true.